Hilchus Nachalus, Parakid Aleph, the final chapter of Hilchus Nachalus, and the final chapter of Sif Mishpatim. When the orphans have been left money by their parents, cash. Now, obviously, children who are minors don't, don't know how to guard cash properly. So what is Bezin supposed to do with that? The previous paragraph learned about the, the uh, Petropus overseer taking care of their property. What do you do with cash? That doesn't require an overseer to handle the money. What do you do with it? What do you do with the money that's been left for them? So what do you do is... You check somebody who has real estate, and the real estate is a type that is, uh, you know, can, can be, theoretically be can be expropriated. Right. So it's a kind which which various halachas lends itself to being by seized by someone who lent him. Exactly. Which means that we want the possibility being that we give this guy money to invest on behalf of these orphans. That he has land to back up the event, the event that he can't pay back. He loses the money. We have land to take. Because if he has no land, what are we going to do? He should be good quality land. He should be a trustworthy person. Who's known to follow the terror. He never had to accept upon himself to be excommunicated. Funny the terminology is accept upon himself. In other words, he never was put in excommunication. Okay, basically that's the idea. All right. That's what it means. Um... We give him the money in the Bezdin for him to invest on, the, on behalf of the orphans. And we give it to him in a manner that benefits the orphans in the best possible way, which is usually forbidden. Namely, likely to make a profit and unlikely to cause a loss. Namely, they tell him, invest the money, make a profit, split it with the orphans. And if there is a profit, you'll split it. If there's a loss, however, you're going to have to swallow the loss on your own. Which is normally forbidden because it resembles interest. But in the event, in the, for the purposes of benefiting these orphans, it's <coughs> be, be permitted. And thereby the orphans derive benefit from the profit from the money. Okay. Or, for example, if this person doesn't have land, is there an alternative? He has all the qualities. He's trustworthy. He's a good investor. But he doesn't have land. Is there, so then, is there another option? So the answer is, yeah, there's an alternative. If he has, instead of land, if he has gold nuggets... Gold bars. Fair enough. But the point is, is, is uh, uh, it's, 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 it's pieces of gold that are not designed. It's, it's, raw, it's raw gold, oh, okay. which has no, has no simon, has no identifying way of identifying it uh, specifically. It's like a, like, like a... Like, there's no way to kind of say, that's my piece of gold. Uh-huh. And we'll see for reasons we'll see soon. Vinaitlin Bezdin, Ashkin Bezdin takes on his behalf that collateral. Let's say it's worth... $100,000 of gold. They give him $100,000 in money. Again, with the same deal, that, it should be li- that the orphans will likely make a profit. In other words, if there's a gain, they'll split it. But whatever, whatever half a half, one third, two thirds, however best is necessary. Unlikely to cause a loss, meaning if there's a loss, he has to swallow it. So this way, they have the collateral. He comes back with a profit. He gets his collateral back and they split the money that he invested the, the he gives $100,000 back to the orphans, and then whatever it was he, he gained on top of that, he splits he, it with them. He gives them. He, he splits it with them, right. Now, if he comes back with, and says, I'm sorry, I lost the money, we give the orphans the gold bars, right? Okay, now, so, that's, so that's, that's, that's also something which is, you know, he can't give animals, animals might die. The point is it's also considered a very, very secure way of ensuring that the orphans get their, their, sure. their, 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 um, 
their original investment if there's a loss. That's the, either land or these gold bars. What's wrong if it's already finished product of gold, like some kind of jewelry or some kind of keli? The problem is as follows. Let's remember that the halacha is, is that if a person gives someone something to watch, and that person passes away, the person wants his item back, but he has no witnesses that he gave the item to the person. What's his, is there a way to get it back? So the answer is as follows. If the dying knows, oh, so um, mind you, if this guy says, that's my item he has, and I gave him to watch, so who should, why should we believe him? Maybe it's that person, the person bought it from him. So the is that, like we learned in previous prakim, the din is that if the dying knows this guy who, was, who, who passed away, in whose possession we have this item, is not known to be wealthy enough to have this kind of item. So then if the, a person who gave it to a safekeep, who claims he gave it for safekeeping, mind you, gives a very clear sign, like a scratch next to this letter or something, that could prove that it's his, so the dying has the right to use his own judgment and make them return it to this person. That, we're worried about that happening. So we, we want to make sure that's not going to be the fate of the orphans. We want, them, we want the guy who is investing on their behalf to keep the item. Not that if he passes away, someone might come along and claim it's his and get it from him. Therefore, we have, it, we have it be a gold bar, which cannot have any identifying factors. So if someone comes along and says that, if that guy who invests on behalf of the orphans passes away, someone comes along and says, hey, those gold bars are mine. I gave them a safekeeping, and we're going to say to them, okay, uh, what's the identifying sign? Well, there really isn't one. Sorry, can't help you. So that's good for the orphans. So now the Ram's words inside. Shema Shalachem. I mean, maybe these gold bars that this guy is giving for, that these guys putting up for collateral when he goes and invests on behalf of the orphans, mind you, he's doing it obviously as a chesed because he's like, he, I mean, he has a chance to gain money off it obviously, but it's a big risk on his arm because, but this guy's doing it anyways, right? Okay, so maybe we're worried that these gold bars belong to someone else. We're worried about him passing away and the guy's gonna come along and say those gold, gold, gold jewelry, for example, right? Or that gold vessel is mine. And he's going to give an identifying sign, and he's going to, it's going to be returned to him. Presuming that the dayan uses his own judgment that to, to, to evaluate that this guy who passed away is not likely to have such gold items. So therefore, to prevent this possibility of happening and to really reinforce the benefit for the orphans, we make sure it's something which does not have an identifying sign. sign. Right. So I said before, he splits it 50-50. But how much really is that true? How much does he deserve as, an, as, a, as a profit from the money he invests? Whatever the bezdin sees is appropriate. A third, half, whatever is appropriate. Even if the event, the bezdin deems it appropriate that the orphans only get 25% and this guy gets 75%, if bezdin sees that as an appropriate thing that's going to benefit them, oh, you saying we do that? Let's say, for example, this guy is the best possible guy. He's the smartest investor. Warren Buffett, right? So he'll, he'll do it on behalf of the assignment, but he's only going to do it if he gets 75% of the profit and they get 25%. Well, you know what? The 25% they'll get from Warren Buffett's investment might be a lot more than 75% from, other, from some other cluts. So it's good for them. So Benson has the right to make that call. What if it's not available? There's nobody they can find who's, who's um, willing or able in their, in, their, in their judgment to be an appropriate person to invest this money on their behalf in this fashion. What you do is you give them a little bit amount of money as is necessary to support the orphans as little as possible. Don't give them lavish meals, right? Don't buy them five, you know, don't buy them food from restaurants every night. So, so try to preserve the estate value until they're able to buy land with the property, 
which is the second best thing, because land is, you know, more guaranteed. Yeah. And um, then the land will be given over to a, a uh, person who will guard, guard the land on behalf of the orphans, if they can't find anybody to invest in. Base. What about the movable property the father leaves over? All kinds of watches, expensive items, whatever it is. You don't keep it around, because it might get stolen. So we don't want to keep it around. Quickly evaluate it. We sell it on the court's, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, overseeing, oversight, uh, um, uh, um, uh, management. If the marketplace where you could sell these items was close to where this, 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 this location, they take it there and sell it over there. And then, you, then the money is added to the other money, which is then being going to be invested, or you buy land with. That's only if it's close by. If it's if it's a hop, if it's a journey to the marketplace, to the closest you know marketplace, we're worried about you know something happening, getting lost or whatever. Gimel. Right, the, the father passed away and he had a beer factory. Now we have beer of orphans. What should you do? Leave it where it is, and there's no there's no close place to sell it until until you find a buyer. Shemayach, it might become vinegar. What is beer? Beer. It's beer. Beer, beer is like a, you know we have a Thursday night by the sheer. It's like a Alcoholic drink made from okay. yeah beer. Oh, it's beer. Okay. Yeah. Shemayach mitz. become vinegar? Vimach yichel shok. What if they take the ba- the barrels of beer to the marketplace? Shemayir lo einis biderach. Worried about the barrels getting broken. So how, what you do? You have to cash twenty two. Whatever this guy who is taking care of the beer, if he has his own, or what he would do if he had his own, that's what he should do. So yeah, he, he should do with his own beer as he would do with his own beer. All right, whatever he sees is appropriate, basically. Um, yeah, the best in the top is when Bezdin appoints an overseer for these orphans. They give him all of the uh, property of the child, right? Hakarka the land, the movable property that for whatever reason they couldn't they couldn't uh, they couldn't find a buyer, or maybe they didn't want to sell it. Let you know they had to have this guy's. Uh, Diamond ring that he got from his, uh, his has been in the family for generations, right? They don't want to sell it, so sentimental value. So the land in the metalton, which has not been sold, they give it over, they give it over to the apotropis, the overseer. And what does the overseer do with it? He sells and he buys, he builds as he sees appropriate, or demolishes. That word is supposed to say the seicher, he rents, not the shaver, which means he breaks. And he rents for nete any plants, visit he plants trees, visit any plants seeds, and he does whatever he says is appropriate, which is good for the orphans. He feeds them food and drink, and he gives them all the expenses, which is according to the estates, you know, the, the expenses that it has, the, the asset, and this is appropriate to them, right? The father was very wealthy and they always dressed very fancy, he should keep that up, and if not, he shouldn't. You shouldn't give them, be too generous with them. Nor should you be too stingy with them. Give them exactly which is appropriate based on the amount of money the estate has and uh, what's appropriate for them. Shouldn't be too generous. Right, or, or too stingy. Hey, when the orphans grow up, they become adults, which simply speaking means bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah. Or today, maybe a little, a little older, but in this context, so you give them the money of the guy, of the of their the person who passed away and left it to them. That's what the or, the guardian does. He has no obligation to give an accounting of whatever he spent and bought. He tells them is what's remaining. 
He has to make an oath holding a Torah scroll. He stole nothing and he is free to go. He doesn't have to give a whole spreadsheet of what he's bought and sold. But Medvom, when is that true? He doesn't have to give a spreadsheet. Excuse me, when is it true he has to make an oath when Bezdin appoints him? However, when it comes to an overseer that the father or whoever is gave it, uh, whoever bequeathed the land to them, the grandfather, the Chen when he appoints the overseer, he has no obligation to make this, this oath. The reason is because when the, when the, uh, the father overpoints a person to be an overseer, or the grandfather, he felt it was the best person. We're worried if we require him, if he knows he has to make a Shavuah at the end of the whole story, he's not going to want the job. We want him to take the job. Bezdin, however, them requiring him to make an oath is not going to deter him from getting the job, because that's a very, very honorable thing. Bezdin appointed you as the overseer of these assignments. That's like a very nice badge of honor, so a Shavu is not going to discourage you. People like being, you know, honored. Now, this overseer has the right to buy himself nice clothing and nice uh, jackets from the estate. So he should, look, he should dress honorably. Clothes make the man, right? And there are people who should take him seriously, right? Come to a board meeting of the investors dressed in your jeans and t shirt. No one's going to be very impressed. Provided that his words being accepted is something which benefits the orphans. Vav. Now, now, if Trumpus wants to buy and sell and invest on behalf, there's some things that are more risky, some things are less risky. So, if the Apertrumpus sees it's fit to sell animals, slaves, maidservants, fields and vineyards, first of all, to sell them because he needs money to feed the kids, that's always acceptable. You've got to feed them, you can't starve. Just to sell them to have cash available on hand so that when the next good investor comes along should have cash available, that's not appropriate. Because that could, that's risky. How do you know it's going to work out? Nor do you sell fields to buy slaves or to sell slaves to buy fields. Right? Who says one's better than the other? You have, so it seems better to leave things as is rather than getting involved in a new risk. However, selling a field to buy animals for the purpose of working the land because you, that's appropriate having field without animals to plow that is that is that is basically letting the land go to waste so that's a necessity selling land for slaves or vice versa that's trading one asset for another who says it's good but selling land to buy fields that's essentially just trying to upkeep the field so two fields with no animals is not worth much one field with cows to plow that's worth something design <coughs> He's not even allowed to sell one piece of property to buy another piece of property. He wants to sell a, a land that they have, they have. They have land overseas. He wants to sell that land far away to buy local land. He thinks it's better and smarter. You're not allowed to do that. Who says it's a, it's a better investment? We don't know for sure. Even and exactly the, the terminology over here, legal, means to redeem. It may even be that this land was once owned by the, 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 the orphan's family. Still not allowed to do that. He wants to sell a poor piece of property, maybe a large, inferior piece of property, and buy a good, small piece of property. Now, I'll do that. Who says that's better? Maybe it won't be successful. So leave it as this is better. He doesn't have a right to litigate in Bezdin on behalf of the Yisim. Maybe he's not going to be successful, and the debt is going to be substantiated and the, and the orphans are going to grow adults and not going to be allowed to protest because they've already decided 
that 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 the ruling has been given on behalf of on favor of the other person, and the apotropus lost the court case. So he doesn't know he's going to be successful. Therefore, better leave it as is, and when they grow up, they'll they will litigate on their own behalf. Ches, the apotropus, the overseer, is not allowed to free servants. You know, you free the slaves. And that's for two reasons. First of all, not his slaves to free. Second of all, you're not allowed to free a non-Jewish slave. That's, it's, 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 uh, it's forbidden. It says, you should have them work forever. Even if the slave has his own money, somebody gave the slave cash, said, take this money and acquire it on behalf of yourself in order to buy your own freedom, which theoretically normally works. But the overseer is not allowed to accept that money from the slave in order to free him. However, he asked, he allowed to sell the slave to someone else, and receive money for that sale. Even if the other person who is buying the slave is not going to keep him as a slave, he's buying his on behalf of the slave's freedom. That's still allowed. But that guy is essentially the one who frees them. That's okay. The overseer is allowed to. When you have grain, you know, or, or yeah, you have to take away certain tithes, give the coin, give the levy, all those things. He's allowed to do that, and he's supposed to do that, in order to feed them. You're not allowed to feed these minor children forbidden foods. Now, if on his own, the kid is going and eating something which has not been tithed appropriately, what is the overseer's responsibility and obligation to prevent him? That's a question. It's not a black and white answer. But one thing is for sure, to actively give him food that's forbidden, that's not allowed. And therefore, you have an obligation to tithe it, right? Don't say, "Well, who asks you to tithe it for them? You're taking away ten percent of their of their of their of their of their crop." No, you have to do that. Don't take ma'aser. Don't take truma. Don't take off the tithe just to leave the produce in storage, um, so that they're ready ready for you. You should be ready to sell them. Rather, and don't, and don't even tithe when you sell it. It's only tithe if you're giving them to eat. Sell the food, the, the grain, as untithed produce. Right? So the stock, if the buyer wants to, wants to tithe it as his property, then he'll do it. Sack, let him do it on his own. So he'll lose the 10%, not the orphans. Now, mind you, it's presumable that the guy buying it, who you, you have to tell him the food is untithed. So he knows to tithe it before he eats it. Otherwise, you're putting him in a situation he's going to do something forbidden. He's going to pay less for this. this now he's going to pay less for it. That's fine. That's okay. That's still better for the orphans than to tithe it on your own. Now, presumably, based on what the Rabbin writes elsewhere, you'd only be allowed to sell this grain that's not tithed to an observant Jew who is trustworthy to, to, to tithe it on his own. Otherwise, if you give it to someone who is not observant, he may, he may not tithe it, yeah. What you know, is tevel? Tevel means food that you did not take the appropriate tithes off, the appropriate parts that go to the Tukharian and the Truma. So that's, that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, forbidden. Yud. What else can you take from the estate and spend money on for the purposes of doing the right thing according to the Torah? The Apotropos takes money and he makes, for the, you know, even though it costs money, he, he can buy or make for these, these kids, lulav and lulav for sukkahs, for sukkah and a sukkah, for tzitzis and tzitzis, for shefer and shefer, sefer Torah, sefer Torah, Torah scroll, you know, that they needed to learn or to have a Torah scroll, it's actually a mitzvah to learn a Torah scroll. That's expensive. But, yeah. The tefillin and tefillin, uh, again, children are obligated to wear tefillin as education. Today, they wear it close to our mitzvah, back then it started earlier. Mezuzahs, the mezuzah for the home is a megillah for Purim, right? 
and these are the common examples. Here's the principle. Any positive mitzvah, which has a set amount. In other words, not a mitzvah which has a never-ending budget. Here's how much it costs. Even it's a Torah, right? How much does it cost? Here's how much it costs. That's it. You don't pay. <laughs> you don't pay rent eternally on a sefer Torah. Once you own it, you own it, right? So all, any type of mitzvah like that, whether it's biblical or rabbinic, even though the examples that I've brought so far are all biblical examples, even a rabbinic mitzvah to buy them, for example, Hanukkah menorah, presumably, right? Or Megillah, which is rabbinic. Yeah, the Ram did say that. You make it for them. Despite the fact that they're not obligated in the mitzvah only for the purposes of education. Nevertheless, it's a legitimate reason to take the money and use that to buy them these mitzvah necessities. When it comes to charity, right, the obligation to support the local poor people, even if it's local people who've been, who, who are in captive and it's a tremendous mitzvah to free these people, that's not something that they contribute to. This is not something which has a limit, but right? there's always a never, ongoing necessity and we're worried it's going to drain the estate. Person who is an adult but became mentally incapacitated or became a deaf mute, which is equivalent of being mentally incapacitated. Based in of Him, even though we learned in the previous parak that also Bezin supports an overseer, he's someone that besides trying to do the mitzvahs for him and buying him a tefillin if he's shy to do the mitzvah, for example, it, you would impose this you know, communal tax of tzedakah on him because we assume that if he had the control of his faculties, he would agree to it. A child doesn't have the capacity to agree, even on a theoretical basis. This person once had the, the, ability, the ability to agree, he's just held captive by his physical handicap. Oh, mind you, by the way, it's just a, a quick thought over here. Um, uh, why don't we train these children to give maizah? The mitzvah to give ten percent of tzedakah. So how can we not train them to do that? That's the clear. You know, even though it's a mitzvah that has no end, presumably at least give ten percent from the estate. Even before bar mitzvah. Well, it's just like any mitzvah for educational purposes. Child makes a profit. You should be taught to give maizah. Right. Every mitzvah you should do for education. No difference, right? So the answer is that it's not really educational to the child. Rebbe explains, if I understand this correctly, because because uh, he doesn't understand that. You know, this guy is in such a deep need of money, it's so important, we're not giving him more than a fifth. Conversely, there are situations where you should give more than a fifth. So to the kid, it's a, it's a, confusing, it's a confusing scenario. There's no, it's not a clear-cut way of exactly defining when and how to have the child do this, do this mitzvah. That's, that's what seems to be the answer. Um, so because of all the confusion, so the guardian doesn't train the person to become... Uh, the child of this mitzvah only when the child perhaps maybe becomes of age understands exactly what's going on maybe then there's, there's room to educate him in that regard alright yud base even though the apotropos like we said, we said before does not have an obligation to give an accounting of what he did he just says hey here's what's in the estate Here, you guys have a mitzvah congratulations here's your, here's your estate here's the checkbook peace out I'm gone and he has to make a shavuah also if the best didn't point at him Nevertheless, even though he doesn't have to make a calculation with the Bezdin of the, the orphans, he has to make a calculation with himself to make sure he's doing the right thing, right? And it's conscious. To be exacting and careful, uh, to be very careful, from the father of these orphans, namely, the one who rides the heavens. Aravis is one of the heavens, the seventh heaven, uh, exact, actually, in, 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 uh, in the Pasuk and in, uh, in the Gemara Chagiga. The one said, who writes upon the heavens is what? God, Hashem. Okay. It's expression. Right? So, um, when the Ramah uses that expression, as the Rebbe explains, 
So, excuse me, that uh, Sima explains. Because the idea of Hashem rotting the heavens emphasizes Hashem as He looks down upon us and instills fear in our hearts because He scrutinizes us. Remember, it says, Make a path for he who rides upon the heavens. The father of orphans. So this is emphasizing that if a person is overseeing orphans, then uh, he has an obligation to be very exact because Hashem is the one who will take the accounting. And Aravis is actually the seventh heaven, which contains righteousness, justice, and charity, um, and the source of positive influence for those who emulate those qualities, as he says over here. Um, and also, that Gemara Chagiga, which quotes that Aravis is the seventh heaven, says that's the heaven where the dew, the special dew Hashem is going to use to revive the dead is stored over there, and reminds the Epitropus that ultimately, uh, in the time of Tchiasamesim, he's going to have to give an accounting about the appropriate. Uh, exacting, being exacting with the money of these orphans. Rechman, the Sion, Mazel Tov, and finishing safer, Mishpatim.